Hi, everybody, and welcome to What's Up With That Bro. It's the podcast where we are watching the TV show Lost in uh, reverse order from the last episode all the way back to the first episode. Or as we like to say here, we've got to go back. Words. With uh, one of our hosts, Chad Wago. He's never seen Lost before. Yep. AJ? <laughs> yes. Welcome, everybody. And this week, we are jumping right in. We're considering Season 2, Episode 12, entitled Fire and Water. Just a brief synopsis of our episode. When Charlie vividly has uh, some vivid surreal dreams that lead him to believe Claire's baby Aaron is in danger, Locke suspects Charlie may be using drugs again. More of Charlie's background story shows his difficult relationship with his heroin-addicted brother. Meanwhile, Sawyer encourages Hurley to act on his attraction with Libby. Yeah. This is a fun one. Um, I'm glad we can just jump right in. and We can talk about it. We get an opening... Well, there's a lot of shit that goes down on this. Maybe we can even just briefly touch on the title. The title of this one is entitled Fire and Water. We know that both of those things are a means of purification. And they have um, their methods that, that show up in this episode. So uh, that's that's a fun thing for us to dive into. How are you guys feeling about this one? I liked it. It was another one of the uh, Dark Lost episodes. Yeah. Uh, not, not just dark in terms of uh, uh, the way that uh, the characters are treated, but also... Uh, filmed a lot at night. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of night scenes, a lot of dreams. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, hoods pulled over faces. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel like this is another one of those things where I think that probably as people were watching as it was happening, they might have expected more fallout from this episode. Mm. But it's what one, two more episodes before the show takes kind of a U-turn. Yeah, yeah. So the next episode is where. Him and Sawyer con everybody into getting all the guns and set themselves up as the the big villains, kind of. And then the episode after that is when Ben shows up, and we kind of forget all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like the show didn't even have a, an agenda, but it was kind of playing within our characters and, and their development and, and all this other stuff. And then, and you're right, yeah. Once uh, Ben comes around, it becomes kind of a different show, like overall. But I'm so fascinated by what we're looking at now. Like it's, um, uh, we have this time, and we're already like invested in these characters. We have a whole season and some change behind us, and um, feels like we're getting a lot of good stuff. Going to the beginning of this episode, uh, we're talking about dreams and dream sequences. This episode opens up with the dream, which um, feels very disturbing, at least to me. Like from the from that intro, where it seems like this. It's an interesting thing where they open up on a Christmas between two boys that are you know, grabbing stuff from underneath the tree. and um, we it, see... It's kind of made to feel like, oh, this is the flashback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Except it's not a flashback because <laughs> all of a sudden uh, his brother turns into adult brother. Wearing yeah. a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, I guess, we. I don't know if we clocked it at the same time. I feel like I, I like uh, that first line of dialogue from um, from from charlie's mom which is like you're gonna use this to save us and i was thinking like oh man that's when i started noticing like oh is this a flashback yeah that's a weird thing to say yeah Mm -hmm. yeah especially to a very young child and you know that this is part of charlie's psychology where he feels he has to be the savior of his family it's it's painted throughout the episode where he has to be his brother's keeper you know and also the the dream does a lot to forward a lot of uh or i guess it just kind of it gives us a chunk of charlie's backstory and it does it so well we even get a shot of his father which is amazing because we don't even see his face yeah. it's just a butcher who is you know who is down on his sons for not wanting to be a butcher within that dream yeah or at least wanting to pursue music which is not like a real 
career as far as butchers are concerned. <laughs> That's not meat cutting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then in addition to uh, chopping up meat, you also see him uh, chop the head off of a baby doll. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. weird. Yeah. That uh, was when it was just like, oh, this is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like a stream of conscious nightmare uh, for, for Charlie. All these things are like flashing into him. And, it, and then just like, I don't know, like this, this vivid dream feels... It feels like it was well written because you know when when I'm in dreams, you know, or like for me personally, when I'm in dreams, it usually I have those like where it's just an uncollected or an un an unrelated group of things that are happening, yeah. and then you just like switch up, and then next thing you know, you're on a beach before you were at your house celebrating Christmas. And then your dad's cutting like up a baby doll on, on a child, on, a, <laughs> on a butcher's table. But yeah, this is all this is all craziness, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's. And this is this is where the show really cooks because it's within this that we can we can kind of see some transcendence, and I mean that in the sense like this it's heavily symbolic representations of his life and the life that he's led up until this point, and it's got everything that's swirling around in our in, you know in Charlie's mind. You have um, all the things that he was experiencing before he got to the island. And you can kind of see it also too as the as the show progresses and we get more of a look into Charlie's background. We're catching Dry Shaft like towards at the end of their fame, which was kind of interesting to see because they're doing a parody of their own song for a diaper commercial yeah. later on, which uh-huh. is fucking crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, this episode, oh man, this is this is some Stefan from SNL shit. This episode had everything: <laughs> had grown men in diapers that are addicted yeah. to heroin. Yeah. Daddy's chopping up baby dolls on butcher tables. <laughs> if there was a fire in that uh, opening nightmare sequence, it would have also just been a uh, sort of set piece where it's like, "This is everything that's going to happen in this episode." Mm. Too. Ooh, yeah. Because oh. the thing is, even like the show gives us the scene of Drive Shaft shooting the commercial, uh, which explains why the brother is in the the diaper but that's also sort of symbolic of he feels like he needs to take care of his brother he also feels like he needs to take care of aaron and aaron is a baby who wears diapers yeah oh shit i like that take yeah he even makes some 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 nappies Mm -hmm. yeah like he makes some nappies for aaron yeah he gives them to kate also too we get a portrayal of Liam in this where he's he's addicted to drugs and he's not taking any responsibility for his life or for the life that he's made, his daughter, who is named for his mother. And, um, you know, and and so he's kind of making his way through, but he's not, you know, so he's not taking any responsibility for most things that's happening in his own life. And then, you know, kind of see the parallels between that and an adult baby or a grown baby because... Yeah, he's refusing to to grab onto that. Yeah. Uh, until like later on in the episode, where he 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 kind of makes a decision to go and help himself, but by like kind of fucked up means. Like he decides to sell his brother's piano. Yeah. And I'm wondering, how much money is that? Did you get for that piano that can you can buy three plane tickets to Australia from England? Yeah. <laughs> they said this is this is the piano that Drive Shaft started on. Uh, they sold it to he a signed it. Yeah. yeah, they sold it to a Drive a Drive Shaft aficionado. <laughs> Somebody that was like that had everything drive shaft. I wouldn't doubt it if whoever collected that piano has like another one of those ancient fucking drive shaft <laughs> rings. That's such horseshit. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah. Get Maybe sh- he didn't yeah. need to buy all three tickets. Maybe it was just for him. Mm. Yeah, I, that's so strange. So here's my question: They don't have rehab in in Britain. <laughs> like, why are you flying over to to Australia to enter rehab? Was that explained? No. Uh, they just said that uh, Karen had 
an uncle who does rehab in Australia. Oh. So that's why it's like maybe he's going to Australia by himself. Also, another reason why it might be good for him to go to rehab uh, in a completely different country is it also removes him from all of uh, the familiar things around mm-hmm. him that might trigger a relapse. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's why that. usually when people, well, especially rich people, when they go into rehab, they are, like, just, they're in the facility and they never they don't leave until they're done with whatever program yeah. it is. Uh, so that, you know, you don't, you're not able to relapse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I could see... Yeah, I can see how that would, would play out for Liam. Do we see a clean Liam later on in the series? I can't remember. I think we do, because when we started watching this episode and we see Liam, Chad, you mentioned, oh, I think I've seen the brother before, but I don't really remember anything about him. Mm-hmm. So I think we see him later on, and he's just like a clean family man, and we don't oh. have this background of seeing him be this heroin addict and a neglectful father who drops his baby. Yeah. So he's just kind of like a boring guy who's... <laughs> Talking down to Charlie, who I think is probably addicted to heroin at the time. Oh, that's right. Mm. That's right. I see. Yeah. Oh, man. So the later episode, the roles are kind of switched. Yeah. Yeah. Except that Liam's not taking care of Charlie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing to see Charlie's reaction. Even, uh, we're kind of bouncing around. Even at the end of this episode where Liam says, I got to go. I have to. And he says, I have to do this for me. Which is not a bad thing. Because he, you know, now, now he's, he's. He wants to to make a change, and he has um he has his own motivations and his daughter and all that stuff, but yeah, this leaves this leaves Charlie on the outs. You know, like what about me? I'm your family too, and like um it's not it's not a terribly unreasonable thing because this man does have a child and a family, but I guess from what we're supposed to take away from it, it's uh, Charlie, you know, doing his best to to cover for his brother, and keep his brother, you know, in whatever ways he's he's uh. He's in his mind, I would imagine that Charlie believes he's protecting Liam. He's protecting him from, you know, the, uh, the, the commercial director, from his own wife, who he's not even there at the, the birth of his child. Well, we see that, that Charlie's there for all those things. And he's, you know, he's, uh, he's not addicted to drugs. He's actually playing it straight and kind of doing the thing, even though Drive Shaft's popularity is definitely cooled from yeah. where we're watching it, which is, which is kind of interesting. Um, we see Charlie go to Claire after he has that nightmare in our opening sequence. And uh, and then he, he kind of says, oh, I'm sorry about before and all this other stuff. And Claire kind of just reaches back at him and says, there is no before. And there's only, you know, so like, I guess we're going to see what happens in, in our, on our next podcast. But, but yeah, like from here, it does not look good for Charlie. Charlie is uh, is definitely on his way down. And I find this so fascinating when they do this with characters where they put them on the outs because like um we see this happen a lot for a lot of different characters not so much charlie but like um we see a lot of different ones being on the outs within this grouping we have episodes with saeed and episodes with Locke where they're actually they've you know the entire camp has turned on them and we get that in in charlie yeah it's very interesting because we're we're entering in from the perspective of charlie so you get to see him experience all of that yeah, he doesn't know if he's going crazy and, and all this other stuff, which is such a weird place to be. And then he initially makes the decision that it's a test, that the island has set forth this test. He tells Locke as much. Yeah. And with this being a test, do you think he passed the test? Because I don't feel like he didn't learn his lesson until Locke beat him up and said, you can't be around the baby anymore. What was his, what do you think his test was exactly? 
So there's the temptation of the heroin thing, which I guess we don't really know if he was going to use it or not, because it gets destroyed and yeah, taken and away. Like, yeah. he tells Locke that he wasn't using. Right. But do we know that he was telling the no. truth? Yeah. It has, from this episode, do, do we know Charlie as a, as an unreliable narrator? Or are we going off of um, what we know about heroin addicts? You know, because both are valid in terms of... You know, exploring what this is because there is a, a set bias. Well, I don't know if bias is the word, but a set, you know, already like a preset thing in your mind when it when you think about different ones that are addicted to drugs and all that. And that's where uh, a lot of the losties have kind of placed Charlie as a drug addict and you know not to be trusted. Not only that, but uh, Jack asks him, "Can I trust that this is not going to happen again?" And Charlie says, "Well, I wasn't. I wasn't on drugs." And Jack's like, that That wasn't what I asked. Mm-hmm. I asked, can I trust that this isn't going to happen again? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's never going to happen again. And it's like, he specifically told, uh, uh, who was it? Was he telling Locke that he thinks he's going crazy? Or an Echo, I think. Echo, yeah. yeah. So he, he was telling Echo that he thinks he might be going crazy. If he's thinking that he might be going crazy, why is he so sure that this isn't going to happen again? But if it... All of this was happening because he was using, and Locke took away his stash. Mm. Then he would know for sure that this isn't going to happen again because he's not using anymore. Right. Yeah. Also, yeah. he just looks increasingly strung out throughout yeah. the episode. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's. I, don't know, I feel like he's too manic to be somebody on heroin. <laughs> yeah, I could see he's got too much energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's he's not laying up against a tree <laughs> yeah. most of the episode. Yeah, and yeah, he he is kind of like yeah, he's just um. He's going through these events, or he's he's having this this desperate feeling of wanting to save Aaron, and um, a lot of his a lot of his dream imagery is uh, he has that second dream in, in the episode, and this also feels kind of like a like a Lindelof thing because Lindelof likes to play a lot in the space of religion, and we get a whole bunch of that in this episode, and it kind of comes forth in that dream in, imagery where um, we see that that dove fly off across the beach in in charlie's um through the painting yeah Yeah. and um later on we get that uh, we get some of that dialogue from from echo saying that um or he gives him that that story of jesus and john the baptizer Uh, when jesus got baptized there's a a dove that had you know that had flown over and that was supposed to be his whole thing Mm -hmm. what did you guys think about echo's speech to um to claire i guess Uh, i never knew the story of when john the baptist baptized jesus i think that was something that I knew that happened, but I didn't know. It was like, oh, and this washed away Jesus's sins, and that makes me curious. So like, oh, what kind of sins was Jesus walking around with? <laughs> that's a that's a good question. Um, I wonder. Like, um, what do you think? What do you think Jesus's worst sin was? <laughs> I don't know where this takes place in the timeline <laughs> of Jesus' life. Right. <laughs> so it's like, uh, I know that. Uh, he flipped out at some point and started beating the shit out of some bankers. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I don't know whether or not that was before or after this. Yeah, the money changers in the temple. Like, yeah. uh, I think they were selling stuff outside of the temple. And, and then he had gotten upset and turned over all their, all their tables and told them to get out of his father's house. Um, Didn't he was... whip the shit out of them, too? Oh, yeah. He, like, whipped <laughs> the shit out of them. I think this is, like, after his baptism. Oh. So, like, ba- essentially, I think if, um, Jesus was baptized at the age of 30 and then, like, carried on whatever, mm. his, this ministry for, like, three years and then died at the age of 33. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, by that point, you're like in your 30s. I mean, 
He's probably spilled his seat on the ground a bunch of times. <laughs> I wouldn't think it's a sin. I wonder. You know, it's it's crazy because if you look into like the Bible, it's like they have like it's it's Jesus as a baby and then he grows up. This is I think this is the the point that was made in like uh, uh, what's that movie? Um, Dogma. Dogma. Yeah. yeah, they made that point where like yeah, Jesus was a baby and then like and the next thing you know, he's like a thirty year old getting baptized and up until all that time between homeboy's got some serious answers like <laughs> he's got some, some serious living yeah I mean, <laughs> it's just jesus going hang gliding and doing all kind of crazy <laughs> stuff like eventually i'm gonna have to like go and you know be the be the savior of all man yeah. so before that i'm trying to get my uh trying to get my skydive on or whatever i don't know that's eat not some a sin yeah. shellfish <laughs> yeah. have a jacket made out of two different animals no. yeah. eat a ham sandwich <laughs> oh man um so, do you think skydiving and hang gliding are sins? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'll, I'll have you guys know that uh, from a young child's time, we were taught that the um, that was unnatural, yeah. and it was the tool of the devil. Yeah, to if go God skydiving. wanted us in the air like that, he would have yeah. made wings on us. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> or at least, like, skin flaps yeah, under like, our arms. Like a flying squirrel. <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is not our domain. Therefore, <laughs> it's a sin. No. <laughs> No, I don't know why those are my examples. I'm just like, what life? They're fun. Yeah, yeah, what kind of fun life could you? Live? Imagine my my idea of a fun life doesn't involve doesn't involve like drugs and women. It involves skydiving. Uh, I just I just want to point out uh, I didn't mention the jacket and the shrimp thing uh, because I think that those are super fun. But just because I know those are Old Testament bad yeah. things. <laughs> Wait, okay, wh- let's go over the jacket thing, because I wasn't familiar with that. Uh, aren't you not supposed to wear uh, anything that is uh, made of two different animals? Oh, pr- probably. I don't remember I this. I feel like that's an Old Testament That sounds thing. like something. That sounds like a Bible thing. It sounds It sounds like the, one of their weird made-up, I don't know, one of the weird <laughs> things they threw in there. They're all like, so, no pork, no shellfish, no two animal jackets. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like you're only supposed to wear the skin of one animal at a time, I guess. Okay, I've got to research this later when we're done with this podcast. Because that sounds accurate and I want to know more about it. It's like, why did this happen? <laughs> yeah, like somebody came in with like uh, like two animal skin jackets and then somebody went, Hey, 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 Frank, what are you doing? Are you, are you wearing leather pants and a lambskin jacket? <laughs> yeah. Frank, we yeah. don't do that here. Yeah. <laughs> But why though? It looks tacky. It's 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 tacky, and we all. What about know. my snakeskin boots? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's one of the few sins that I'm pretty sure I've never committed. <laughs> two animals. I can't think of a time I've done them. Yeah, I'm wearing two plants, like polyester, yeah. whatever the plant thing is, um, polyester and cotton or rayon. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just making up shirt <laughs> items now. Yeah. So, listeners. Uh, to tweet at us with your favorite weird sins with hashtag <laughs> sins. If 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 sins <laughs> if sins hashtag sins fashion sins fashion sins fashion sins. Let's go with that. I'll I'll tell you guys right now. If I'm gonna be very disappointed if our twi- if our if our folks don't answer back with skydiving and <laughs> everything aerial. That's why I've never left this island, you guys. I'm trapped here. I can only leave by boat. <laughs> and a very specific a heading. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but about the baptizing thing, have you guys been baptized? I have not. I, I was baptized as a kid, but I was like baptized when I was thirteen, mm. and um, it was a little bit different because I was baptized in the religion that I was in, and um, I think I was like in the eighth grade. But I remember getting baptized. Um, it was it was an interesting 
thing. Um, and at the time, I remember really digging it. But then, like, later on, when I got a little older, I was like, because yeah. baptism, when I was a kid, it signified that you're totally committed to this thing. And I'm like, yo, don't they not like kids sign contracts until like 18? <laughs> like, what are you doing baptizing, committing yeah. yourself for life to a thing at 13? You don't know what the fuck your life yeah. is going to be at, at 13. So, but, um, I but think yeah. biblically, you're, you're a man at 13. <laughs> According to the Jewish Torah, yeah. I was a man at 13. <laughs> Oh. All right, so apparently it's uh, Deuteronomy twenty two eleven. Oh, uh, the weaving of two kinds of material, wool and linen, in Deuteronomy twenty two eleven, may be a rule that would prevent loss by unequal shrinking. What? <laughs> I don't so- even understand what that means. And uh, there's further explanation in Leviticus nineteen nineteen. Neither shall a garment mingled of linen and woolen come upon thee. Although this precept, like the other two with which it's associated, wait, no, that's not. God damn it! I can't tell what's the fucking <laughs> quote and what's uh, why. Why is everything in italics? <laughs> You're well, a shitty page. Yeah. UCG.org. <laughs> if it's in red, that means Jesus said it. I know that part. Yeah, none of, none of this is in red. <laughs> but yeah, it's something about mixing fabrics. Okay. Well, that it kind of makes sense. Like linen and wool. Like when you're washing it, if one shrinks at a different rate, then your what? clothes get all jacked up. So wait, this is an efficiency thing? Because like all the other ones are like moral and mortal yeah. sins, you know, that, that involve like, you well, know. Well, like the shellfish thing, I think that they were just afraid of people getting food poisoning. Yeah, I think that's the same thing with pork. That was like the 13th commandment that got drafted. <laughs> that got, <laughs> that tablet did No cocktail it. shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I was baptized. You were I baptized? Was, I, was, I was little. Like maybe three or four, because I kept having like night terrors. Whoa! About Mumra from uh, the, the Thundercats. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> tell so tell my... me everything. <laughs> so they baptized you to save you from uh, your Mumra nightmares. Yes. Yeah. And so... then they never came back. What? But I think they also made me stop watching Thundercats. Oh so no! I don't know which one got rid of the nightmares. Was it God or was <laughs> it your parents changing the station? Yeah. Wait, wow. That's crazy. But you remember this. I don't remember it, but my dad brings it up like twice a year. I see. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> your dad just didn't want you to watch Thundercats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is the actual quote from Leviticus 19.19. You shall keep my statutes. You shall not let your cattle breed with a different kind. You shall not sow your field with two different kinds of seed. Nor shall you wear a garment of cloth made of two kinds of material. Oh. Okay, then I definitely have committed that sin. I might be doing that right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm uh, pretty sure this is a blended t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, I, I have a lot of cotton poly stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Oh, man. Uh, that is an interesting law. Oh, my God, I didn't know about that. <laughs> but it's I, I just know about it because it's one of those things where uh, people bring it up whenever they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, Bible says uh, that you're not supposed to do this, or you're not supposed to do that, yeah. when they're yelling at homosexuals, basically. Yeah. And then someone will inevitably bring up, like, hey, what's your jacket made of? Oh, nice. Yeah. That's interesting. That's, that's a good counterpoint. Yeah. It's, all, it's always fun to notice that there's a lot of stuff in there about how you're tr- supposed to treat your slaves. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess is okay. <laughs> I think there was a there was a mention in in Jewish law that that the slave was only supposed to work for a certain amount of time, and then I think during a festival each year they would they would be given the choice or the opportunity to leave their master, and if they didn't, they would have to put an awe in their ear because oh. like I think it was supposed to signify that everybody was supposed to be 
not slaves. So if you were a slave, it was kind of not a good thing. And that's where the, the awe came in to like signify to everybody, like, this guy's a slave by choice or something <laughs> like that. That's weird. Why, why would you want to be a slave by choice? Probably, I don't know. I think it was something like they, they probably had whatever they, they needed in their master's house. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. they just saw, like, it's like. I already live here. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably some Stockholm Syndrome involved, yeah. too. Probably, yeah. She saw, like, well, my master beat me that one time. But supposedly, according to Jewish laws, like, the, the way you treated slaves was, like, highly regimented or something like that. I mean, but, I'm glad there were rules about how yeah. to treat your slaves. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I kind of feel like. Uh, that, that sort of break in some other rules. <laughs> yeah. Just by half <laughs> I don't think anyone on this show had slaves. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Richard Alpert was a slave, or at oh, least on yeah. a slave ship. No, yeah. 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 But he didn't have any. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really do like the time that the episode spends cause it, with the, the baptism. Because... Um, and this this comes up on on our podcast every sometime, every so often. I think I'm the one that mentions it a lot. But there's a very similar scene to this in HBO's The Leftovers, where they give a lot of time to a, a baptism scene, where there's a priest baptizing a baby, and it's given the same kind of importance. So this episode, it, this happens, and we see that they really it, it's not it, it they really assign a lot of importance to it. We see Echo baptizing both Aaron and Claire and it's painted with this uh well the scene is painted with this beauty it seems very it feels really interesting it's neat to watch but um you know and it's set to music so we can't actually hear what he's saying yeah, yeah. so that kind of automatically lends it uh that sort of extra like hey this is something that you know it's sort of a set piece kind of thing mm, yeah rather than just a regular scene yeah yeah and this this ties back into the theme of the episode or fire and water in which, you know, we have a means of purification for two of our characters. And this is set in a religious context with the whole baptism thing that happens. Also, the uh, area that uh, was set on fire, it looked like it was deeper into the forest mm -hmm. when, uh, or deeper into the jungle when it was at night. But by day when Echo is looking around in there, doesn't that end up being where he builds or where he starts to build the church? Yeah, yeah. that's like right up on the beach. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, mm -hmm. we don't even see a completion of the church. Like, that church gets dropped like in like, three episodes <laughs> yeah. where Echo moves himself into the uh, into the hatch to, to take over the number pushing position. And then he did. Yeah. And then he did. So maybe the fire just spread that far. <laughs> yeah, it just went down to the beach. Yeah. Yeah. So out of this fire, we get a clearing for where they were going to be the, build that church. I feel like that has maybe some some symbolism too. Oh, it's another cleansing thing, like you were yeah. mentioning. Yeah, and I, I I love it when Lost does this stuff because we we um you know the show it sometimes it can be a little bit lighthearted, and then we get those episodes with some of our funny folk, which is like Hurley and all that, and then sometimes the show can on the opposite and even you know, go super heavy with a lot of the symbolism and we see it throughout and comes to us in the form of charlie's dreams and all that stuff but but yeah like thinking about charlie and and his whole journey through this entire episode like charlie continues to be abandoned is is a part of uh, is another thing that i kind of noticed too he gets abandoned by his brother he gets abandoned by the entire camp when he wakes up putting aaron in his arms i don't know how how 
are we meant to feel Charlie? Do we view him as a victim? Do we view him as someone who is reaping uh, whatever they sowed previously? Yeah, I, I think that question depends on how you interpret his uh, answers as far as whether or not he's using. Mm, I see. Where do you guys land on him using in this episode? Like, I feel like he's not. Because then... If he was, then it kind of takes away from a lot of when the stuff he's talking about with Locke, mm. about how he's choosing he's choosing to not not use, and then, then it also makes it feel like he's a true believer when it comes to these these dreams and things, and it's not just a drug induced hallucination. Yeah, yeah. But there's there's still enough doubt there where when he goes in the jungle and he digs up all those heroin statues, you don't know if he was going to use them or not. In fact, he probably would have if. Locke had left him alone. Yeah, he like he was generally on the outs with Claire, um, and on the outs with Locke, and um, um, and, and usually when there's someone that's using, like you, you need a place to hide, and you can hide within the drug use, and you know. So at that point, it, it and we don't know because Locke comes and cuts it a little short. We don't know if if Locke, uh, if Dave, if Dave, if Charlie would have made that decision or not. Um, I would lean towards, yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's more circumstances there, but I would hope that Charlie wouldn't have made the choice to use. That would be mm-hmm. my hope for him. Maybe that's maybe that's yeah. along with most of the audience. And I think I think we're more sympathetic to Charlie and what he's going through in this episode because of the flashbacks. And so we've seen what he's he's had to go through with his brother and stuff. And I think if we just watched the part of the episode of him on the island, we'd probably be like Charlie needs to. He's to slow his yeah, roll. Yeah, he's to slow, slow down and <laughs> realize he's being a real creep with this baby. Yeah. Chill yeah. out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, the, the show has all this deep um, symbolism and everything. And then also, too, we get a chance to, to toggle back and forth between, like, a B story with, with Hurley and Libby. And then we get that one scene with uh, Anna and, and Jack where he asks, or Anna asks Jack, are you hitting that? <laughs> Which I wrote down in my notes because it's just a fun thing to write. Yeah. Are you hitting that? My favorite is uh, when when Jack acts all like kind of like high and mighty and offended by that <laughs> question. <laughs> she just explains like, "Look, she's hot. You're hot. Got a beach right there. It's what people do." <laughs> <laughs> she's not wrong. Yeah. And the first thought that I had when she said that is just like, "So what were the tailies getting up to?" Yeah. <laughs> Well, they're they're up to murder. Yeah. Like, they're killing people over there. Like there's another there's another I, there's another part of the plane where people are falling in love or getting into love triangles and all this other horse shit. Um, and then there's the exciting part of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I signed up for the wrong show. <laughs> I know. We should be following the tailies from the beginning. Yeah. Get that good one out of here. <laughs> so Chad, I do want to ask you. I've asked you this before, but now we've got more information. Like, who would you say were in the tail section, based off of what we know so far? All right, so uh, we know Michelle Rodriguez was in the tail section. Yeah. Uh, Libby is another yeah. one. Uh, there was uh, the guy that was pretending to be in the tail section. Goodwin. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah Goodwin. Yeah. Uh, huh. I'm, I'm just trying to think, like, who, who are the people that appeared later in the show mm. that don't seem quite integrated with the rest ah. of the cast? But the thing is... All of the ones where I can think of where they don't seem integrated with the rest of the cast right. are all people that, uh, you know, they were on the outskirts for another reason mm-hmm. or they were part of the others right. or this this and that. 
So, uh, I I really don't know. I'm gonna say, who are the people that well they tried to make important for that one episode? Oh, they uh, um, uh, 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 Nikki and Paulo. Yeah, yeah, and they were the two hottest people <laughs> yeah. they've named so far, and they were doing it. So mm-hmm. yeah. that checks out. Yeah, that that's what people do. <laughs> that's what people do in the tail yeah. section. <laughs> So everyone you name from the tail section dies, so I think it's bad luck to be in the tail section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was in a section of the plane. It was, it might have been a tail yeah. section. I, that's, that's why, why I they call always, it the tail section. I was in coach. That's why I always try and sit as far up in the plane as I can. Because <laughs> I know what happens in the tail section. Yeah. People get to have sex and then they die, like in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we get that. Um, we start to see the the... The seeds, the the beginning of a blossoming relationship between um, between Libby and, and and Hurley, that kind of fell flat a little bit for me. Like um, the whole laundry thing, it felt a little bit contrived. So I wasn't really feeling it too much. Like I found some I found some luggage, and I'm gonna try on this shirt. Let's. <laughs> but you turn around, like I don't know you. Like I like I'm not gonna be changing in front of some dude I don't know. I don't know you. Yeah. But does she not know him? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. They were both in uh, the crazy house together. Yeah. And she is definitely a crazy, which would make all that <laughs> make sense. Okay. All right. I'll reverse a little yeah. bit of my position. But definitely that, that oh, I'm going to change my shirt with your behind your back and show you off the sexy top. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a weird thing to do in your first conversation with somebody. Yeah. 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 Um, like, you, sh- you should have hung out at least once or twice before that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unless you're really, she's really into Hurley, right. which she might be. Yeah, and we get an assist. We get an assist from our boy Sawyer in yeah. this one. Yells out, "Hey, Libby!" and then disappears yeah. into his tent. She was like, "You sound like a Southern con man, gentleman. <laughs> you must be the one that said, hey, Libby.' Yeah, hey yourself." <laughs> she goes, "Hey yourself." What a meat cute. Well, not yeah. even a meat cute. That was just like that was some fun like uh, flirting, and we just get like. We get her. We get Hurley, and here's what Hurley is to me in this in this whole episode. He's like, he's like the RPG character who doesn't say jack shit, but people are <laughs> acting like he's saying jack shit the whole time. He's like, hey, hey yourself, and he's just staring. He's like, hey, you want to see me try on this shirt? And he's just staring. He's like, so what do you think about this shirt? Thank you for complimenting on my shirt. Love calculator up. For all of you that aren't familiar with the RPGs and love calculators, <laughs> love calculators. Go ahead and Google that. <laughs> And he does try and bring her gifts later. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Hurley obviously has played some Bioware games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, they, we, we didn't see it, but there was like a, there was an XYAB at the bottom of the screen that said... <laughs> oh, quick time events. <laughs> yeah. And everybody liked that. And nobody liked that. Or those, those messages kept popping up throughout the episode. Libby will remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, speaking of Sawyer, we get to see him uh, doing some physical therapy with Kate. Yeah. yeah. Which is one of those, like, wait, what? I, yeah. Is she, is she licensed to do this? <laughs> <laughs> well, she is on the run from the law. Uh, <laughs> and she's also an expert tracker, as they yeah. make her out to be in the episode. So I guess she would know about putting it... Maybe, yeah. maybe she was going to school for a little bit. Right? <laughs> yeah. When she was trying to put her murder behind her. Yeah. Yeah. Like when she's trying to put the murder of her stepfather behind her, and like she just had that that come to Jesus moment where she's like, "I gotta go to school." Wait, yeah, um, so- Captain Mel, uh, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, he was a doctor, right? He was a cop. Oh, he was oh, a cop. Okay, yeah. Uh, but huh. there was, oh, 
I really hope we've seen this episode. Did we, did we see the one where the uh, she was going? Yeah, we did. There was like an ex-boyfriend or a childhood friend of hers who was a doctor, and she was kind of manipulating him to get time with her mom who was in the hospital oh, for yeah. some reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember. So he was a doctor. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe he taught her something. Oh, I see. Taught her or some Jack. things. Yeah. <laughs> he taught her some uh, things. Yeah. Also, yeah, uh, Sawyer, he was, he was helping out uh, Hurley because he knew that Hurley had a load he wanted to drop in. <laughs> so clever. So clever <laughs> for a like, 2005 This is on show. ABC? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Prime time. You know what's crazy is like they snuck that through standards and practices <laughs> so good. Like standards and practices like, this will do. Yeah. I don't, mean, he is talking about laundry. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know what? Okay. I, I don't know if this is true, and it's probably not true, but this is where my mind goes. I would imagine that like... Um, yeah, I I don't know if this is true, but like um, you know how I think what writers used to do back in the day, and this is just you know stuff I've heard, is like uh, <laughs> they would they would write scenes and they would make some really fucked up shit, and then have their stuff that they really wanted to get into the episode, so that when they would approach yeah. that in practices, they'd be like, all right, we'll take that out, but can we keep this? And they're yeah. like, fine, <laughs> we can keep it. So I wonder if they so. I say all that to say this, that they had that scene where Liam dropped that fucking baby on the ground and then, like, standards <laughs> and practice, like, we can't put this on ABC. This is Disney. We can't show this. Yeah. Like, fine. But we need to get some of these uh, some of these jokes in. Like. We need to get that double entendre. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think originally that opening scene with the, the butcher dad chopping the head off a baby doll was supposed to be an, an actual baby. <laughs> yeah, it was actually supposed to be yeah. Aaron. Oh my god. Yeah, that is hardcore. If this was a real dream, well, whatever. If, if this, this was, was a, some HBO shit. Yeah. Oh my god, there'd be baby parts all over the place. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Like if it was HBO, they would have had the dad chopping Aaron's head off, but they would have gotten to the uh, the laundry thing and then Sawyer would have been like, "Yeah, cuz you want a boner on top of the washer, right?" <laughs> it's like, "Sawyer, that's not clever at all." <laughs> so just all right, I got it. I got it, you guys. She's going to be washing loads of laundry. So, and you follow me down this path. <laughs> and the writer's like, all right, all right. I'm wondering whether or not they came up with any other euphemism <laughs> to try and uh, uh, imply that uh, Hurley wants to have sex with her. Yeah, this is the first one that made, like, my fucking doggy ears go, yeah. like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> this is a very adult joke. This is, like, this is like finding something in, like, a Toy Story movie for adults, yeah. and you're just like, oh, I just came to bring my kid to this thing, but now I'm here. <laughs> yeah, now they're talking about loads. <laughs> Dropping them. <laughs> Dropping loads. <laughs> I just wanted to scream that into the yeah. mic. Now I'm skeet, trying to skeet, think of... Skeet. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been the time where that song was hot, yeah. like in 2000-whatever. <laughs> I, I can't imagine Sawyer would have been quoting that song. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, you know. And then you just hear, brum dum dum <laughs> He's like, I found, this, I found this working Walkman. You know how this show fucking does. Every mm-hmm. so often they'll find a device that just so happens to work within the theme of the show. <laughs> it's like, I just found this radio, and it's playing the yin-yang twins. <laughs> Discman, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. It's like somebody's burnt like playlist, and it's it's you remember back in the early two thousands where like you could just CDR burn all your mm-hmm. shit onto disc yeah. before, and then like it was just I remember all my burnt CDs all had jacked up music that did not play into each other, <laughs> yeah. so it'd be like fucking Ying Yang Twins followed by some Enya followed by some more Ying Yang Twins <laughs> followed by for like fucking I don't know the the chicken song or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like what who what. What is your what is your taste in music? It's undefined based on this CD. 
Like you're listening to the Doobie Brothers and to Michael Jackson. Yeah. yeah. So listeners, uh, tweet at us your favorite horrible music mix uh, with hashtag music for AJ, and we'll Give make him listen to Give me all your songs. Show me your playlist. <laughs> Show me all your playlists and and play it how like list it. Just give me the real thing. Like I don't know what was hot back in early two thousands. I feel like the Yang Yang Twins was a was a thing. Jennifer Lopez had like Jaquan. Yeah, Jaquan was around. <laughs> Fucking everybody in the club getting tipsy. Holy shit! <laughs> I remember that. I remember that guy performing live on SNL, and I was like, this is not very good. This is very pre-recorded. It was just him <laughs> dancing with a DJ in the back, like, and, like you know, they're playing the music, and like one, one, two, the three, and I was like, what? What is this? What is this? Yeah, there's a lot of music like on SNL that doesn't really transfer well when it's just the musician on stage by themselves mm. and like there's not a big group of people dancing or anything. <laughs> yeah, people are up in the game nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Kanye like kind of started, well, he, he made that weird set on SNL that one time. This is like back in maybe mid 2000s. I, I don't know. But, but yeah, like, it seems like recently like a lot of, a lot of different acts are just all like, I don't know, we're doing all kinds of crazy shit now. I think like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all kinds of wild. But oh, that 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 tipsy song. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of stuff from like uh, the early aughts where at the time I was just like, I fucking hate this shit. <laughs> like, fuck! I just want to listen to like some Wu Tang and DMX. And then now, uh, 37 years old, I'll be listening to Tipsy, and I'm like, yeah, this song actually bangs pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a different, like your your musical taste has evolved, and you're like, I get it now. I think it devolved. <laughs> <laughs> like now, I'm just like, oh man, like what's on the radio sucks so bad. I miss Jaquan. <laughs> I know what is ha- okay. I don't know if it's just us and our weird ass like older millennials shaking our cane at fucking younger millennials, <laughs> but the music today, I, I what I can't understand what. It's all like syrup music. They're all like oh, high on fucking <laughs> scissor. I don't know. I'm saying this. And I, don't, I don't even know what that is. Lambo. That's how old I am. <laughs> I remember when people were doing like ecstasy and that was the last thing I remember. And like that was in high school. Yeah. Like, now there's all Now everyone's doing shit. Molly. Yeah, everyone's doing Molly and opiates and weird shit. I don't, uh, whatever. Do your thing, kids. But your music sucks this generation. You guys need to come back to Jesus. That's why everyone listens to K-pop yeah. now. Because you're just like, oh, this sounds like real music. I am still surprised that that is as hot as it is. Those those dudes are, I'm not going to fault their ethic. They look like they work really hard. Well, you have to to be in a K-pop group. They, yeah. are, they were all on SNL. And I was like thinking to myself, I remember boy bands from our generation. Three, four guys. Two, three, four guys. They, yeah. they got like ten guys in the group. Like, what is it? Like, does everybody have to have personality too that pops? There's like a rapper, and I would imagine out of 10 guys, there's got to be one guy just like rocking a green visor. He's like, I'm the guy that does the taxes or something. You know, it's so many dudes. It's so many dudes. So, I'm not not hating, but it's just, I find it so odd. Our K pop listeners, explain to me, what am I missing? What am I missing? Yeah. Give him him some songs to listen to. Give me all of your songs. Give me all your songs. Hit AJ with some Blackpink. Give it to me. I'll listen to it all. Yeah. Hashtag AJK pop. <laughs> AJK pop. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with an AJK <laughs> pop. That, oh, whatever. Pop, Wait. pop. <laughs> uh, for our listeners, Just you know who that's weird for. noises. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of episode. I miss community. I know. Yeah. 
I know. As you can tell, listeners, the heat sickness nah. has affected us. It's here. It's here. It's it's, it's it is that so time humid. of year. Yeah. It's humid as shit. Uh, it is uh, also just hot to begin with. Yeah. And we are trapped in this room. <laughs> is it Jaquan hot? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it is time to start wrapping up, actually. Is it? Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. All right. Uh, time flies when you start hallucinating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of hallucinations, um, uh, uh, Easter egg corner, by the way. Um, when Charlie's having his dream where his mom and Claire are angels and then Hurley shows up, like Jesus, I feel like that's foreshadowing for him becoming the protector of the island, sort of a Jesus kind of figure. Oh, okay. They, had it, they knew what was gonna, how it was going to end in, in the middle <laughs> of season two. I love that take. I love it. <laughs> that's headcanon now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's gadded. One of the first shots of the episode when Charlie's little baby Charlie's walking down the stairs, he's got bunny slippers on. Yes. Yeah. Judy Chamness is in this episode. I think in one of the early scenes, you see her walking around, but she's wearing a yellow hoodie instead of her traditional purple tank top, which she rocks for the rest of the episode. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was cold when they were filming that day. Yeah, I think so. It was that was like when it was set in the morning. So maybe yeah. That makes sense. Or yeah. she sleeps in it. Yeah, she sleeps in it. It's her pajamas. And also, they um, they mention... Libby mentions the washer and dryer being new in the hatch, which I think was just because they couldn't find an old washer and dryer from the 70s oh. to put in the set. Because oh. there's no explanation for why they have like a brand new washer-dryer set. What oh, like? they just lampshaded it. Yeah. It, it, okay, this was, this was on TV, on a- ABC, so I'd imagine like, it was like it had the Whirlpool signage ah. on it. And they're just all like, oh, I can't believe they have a new one in here. And then Hurley just goes, well, it's one of the best washers on the market. <laughs> and he turns to the camera and says, it is a Whirlpool. Yeah. And then they kiss. <laughs> What's Whirlpool's slogan anyway? Um, wash your shit. <laughs> Whirlpool. No, their 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 slogan is um, is uh, <laughs> it's just a, it's just a black person yelling it out really loud. Whirlpool, <laughs> <laughs> like world star. <laughs> you guys get it, and that's why I love you. <laughs> Whirlpool's brand slogan: everyday care. Everyday care. Ah, everyday comma care. You motherfuckers came up with that yeah. in the twenties. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, hit us with the hashtag better, wor- better Whirlpool slogans. Yeah. Clean underwear, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like we do the, uh, we put the L in laundry. No, that's a, that's a diss. That's a diss. <laughs> they would be taking two L's in that case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. The Whirlpool! Other, the other day I was thinking of, uh, some real fucking awful uh, dad joke. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, why why is uh, why is Christmas the winningest season? Yeah. Because no L's. <laughs> <laughs> we could do this all night. I'm here for that. Yeah. I'm here for all of this. I am in a punny-ass mood. Listeners, we love you. Please get on board. We should probably move on. <laughs> yeah. Was there any other Easter eggs? Uh, that's all the Easter eggs I had. Because I didn't recognize uh, uh, any locations. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, me neither. Because it was the island, uh, inside a studio, yeah. and inside like that... a studio apartment. Yeah. yeah, that was a dank-ass apartment, too. It was dark as shit in there. Like, yeah. it was a dark... There looked like there was no windows in there. That was a den. That was like a cave den apartment that they were living in. Like... It's like they 
took like an artist loft or something, and then they just said, "Ah, oh, we're only going to film in this half." I yeah. feel I feel like they they were trying to go with that that setup where it was like a it was a loft and everything because they needed to show the strung out Liam, and then they're not going to put him in like a, a lit area where everything's right. all happy yeah. and there's like people jogging outside and there's sunshine. But at the same time, that was a dark ass room. <laughs> they're in like a yeah. dark dark ass apartment. That was Charlie's apartment. Just one like one couch. <laughs> one piano i don't know like the kitchen and, yeah. then, and then a kitchen and like you know whatever but it was like it was so like that's all we got to see yeah. like all this all this money all this drive shaft money and y'all got a, <laughs> a dark dank like apartment what the fuck what is happening well m- maybe they have it like right in the middle of london yeah because uh real estate's expensive there ah i see i could i could roll with that all right so what have you guys been getting lost in i've been getting lost in a song by dram and the song is entitled, Your Girl Gives the Best Hugs. And I love that song. <laughs> it's a silly song. Uh, so listeners, if you get the chance, you know. So I, I, that's, 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 that's what's on my playlist. So please add more so I can have a bunch of random shit that follows Dram, Your Girl Gives the Best Hugs. I won't play it for us now, but if you're interested, it's everywhere. And that song is fantastic. Nice. I've been getting lost in uh, the second season of Mindhunter. Oh, shit. I've been watching that. And, How uh, is that? Uh, it's pretty good. It's uh, it feels like they kind of sandwich it, all the like the interviews with the uh, famous serial killers in there. It feels kind of monster of the weeky a little bit uh-huh. for like the middle three or four episodes. But it's good. I like it. I I decided I'm going to start doing a thing where I watch it on mute and call it Mime Hunter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so no captions either. Yeah, no captions. I am here for all the puns. <laughs> I'm here for all of them. Just want to let you guys know that. I'm so, so bored with that. The last uh, TV show that I was able to super get into was uh, The Boys on Amazon. Mm. Oh, okay. I don't think I talked about that yet. No. Uh, well, I saw the trailer. Not on the show, anyway. Uh, it is extremely good. Uh, if you are into superhero media at all, uh, it is a vastly different take than you would get from watching uh, DC or Marvel shows. It's about sort of uh, power corrupting and uh, mega corporations. Uh, it is uh, extremely violent, and uh, there's a lot of sexual content as well, although not nearly as much as the comics. Damn. They've made a mm. lot of uh, changes from the way that the comic is, but I think most of them are... They make the show better. Uh, the one thing about the show that I would have to say I very much don't like is... Uh, uh, who's who's the guy that's in uh, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead and no, uh, the, 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 not Nick Frost, the other guy. No, the other Simon guy. Pegg. Yeah, Simon Pegg. Yeah. Uh, so the thing is, in the comic books, uh, there's a character called Wee Huey, uh, and he is uh, obviously, obviously drawn to look exactly like Simon Pegg. Oh, hmm. interesting. However, uh, he's supposed to be a younger character, so. They can't really use Simon Pegg uh, for the show, but they decided to cast Simon Pegg as Huey's dad on the show. And he has an American accent that every time I fucking hear it, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it just fucks my head up every time he talks. Oh my God, that would would throw me for a loop too. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Like, I'm just like, you're not supposed to sound like that. Where are the Cornettos? Where are the Cornettos? I don't know if you guys... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay, wait. I yeah, wanna, it's a good show. I want to oh. check it out. Okay, yeah. I want to add on one more thing before we close. Sure. Uh, this is another thing I've been getting lost on. Since we're talking about TV shows, I think Netflix just dropped 
the new Invader Zim movie, mm-hmm. which oh, is entitled yeah. Enter the Florpus. Oh, my God. The creator of that, Honan Vasquez, is killing it. Like, I remember this show from, I don't know, I think, I think it debuted when I was, like, in high school or something. Yeah, but we're found, pretty young. Yeah, the show is amazing. Like, it's it, it gives you the, the, the main character is trying to take over Earth, so that's your in for that. And then the movie... Um, doesn't even miss a beat. You can jump right in. You don't have to watch the show if you weren't familiar. But Enter the Florpus is is great, great, great movie, great episode, great humor too. Like it's a it's a it's a great comedy. Do they sing the Doom song? They don't. But there's another song that that plays a major role in the movie. Okay, and I won't tell you what it is, but it's it's really good. I just really like the Doom song. Doom song is amazing. <laughs> um, all right, and that moves us on into our next spot. Next week's episode is which is entitled The Hunting Party. The hunting Ooh. party. Uh, I don't actually think that uh, they're going to explain what happened to put Charlie and Claire on the outs just yet. Mm. I think that it might be something where uh, they don't touch on it for an episode. Uh, hunting party. So it's going to be people that are going into the jungle. Uh, I think that they're going to be trying to get whoever was uh, stuck in the jungle out. Mm. That That's why they're hunting. So... Let's go with Saeed and Jack and Kate. That sounds about right. right. We haven't seen a Saeed episode or Jack episode in a while. Or Kate one, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had to pick one, who is it going to be like the flashback person? Uh, Jack? Jack, okay. I'll take that bet. That sounds about right. I don't think it's going to be Saeed because I feel like we had a Saeed episode too recently. Yeah, recently. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, so yeah, listeners, uh, check us out next week to see if Chad was right. Or maybe you know if you've already watched the show and remember what the hunting party was about. But you should watch, you should listen to us anyway. Yeah, because you'll know what we're talking about. We're going to have, we're going to have different ones tuning in there like, hunting party was my favorite episode of the entire season. <laughs> I want to. Oh, great. Uh, I'm excited then. Yeah. I want to I hear those, I want to hear those tweets. But hit us up. Yes. Tweet, tweet, motherfucking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, yeah. So tweet at us uh, at What Bro Pod. We're also on Instagram at What Bro Pod uh, and Facebook too, and send us emails. Um, what Bro Pod? Uh, uh, what? What's up with that, bro? At gmail dot com. Podcast. Oh, damn it, <laughs> listeners! I'm so serious. Send me your playlist. Yeah, for as, real. As as late '90s, early aughts as you can get on me. I want it. I want it all. I want your hey yes. I want your. <laughs> I like the way you moves. <laughs> I want it all. Give it to me. I want other Outcast songs. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave you two Outcast songs and it stopped. I mean, to be fair, you, you, are those really Outcast songs or is that an Andre song and a Big Boy song? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's let the let's let the the, the fighting carry out on, on Twitter, and then also um, tell us what you think. <laughs> Who is your favorite Outcast? Yeah. So check it. Check us out next week and do all that stuff. That's uh, another episode in the can. You know what to do. Get lost. Whirlpool!